The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to NFL Reacts. This show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm just Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Kate Magic. Say what's up to the people, Kate. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are without Steven Serta today, but we're still flying high, Justice. We've got so much to talk about. Lots of NFL news. So many free agent signings. So many things that impact fantasy football, betting, on and on and on. But should you break the news to anybody who hasn't heard the the skinny just yet on what just happened in Green Bay, we need the inside scoop. Yeah, if you lived under a rock, here, here's here's the tough pill to swallow, Packers fans. Devontae Adams. Uh, uh, Patrick Starr. Yes. Wide receiver Devontae Adams was traded to the Las Vegas Raiders for a first-round pick and a second-round pick in this upcoming NFL draft. He has since signed a deal worth north of $28 million per year, um, which completely resets the wide receiver market. Okay, as a, as an outside, you know, neutral observer, what are your thoughts about this? I mean, like I I hate this obviously for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I think there's just there's so many different ways we can approach that. So first, let's talk about how this impacts the Packers moving forward. The Packers get back the number twenty two overall selection, a second rounder. So they've got two first round picks now, which is fantastic, but you're essentially banking on one of these first round picks to uh, try and have the same immediate value that Devonte Adams would have as you, uh, you know, re-sign Aaron Rodgers. you get him secured in green Bay. Then you flush out all of his options as receiver. I don't understand really where this puts the Packers in terms of contention versus rebuild. Aaron Rodgers has said he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild, but this sure looks like a rebuild to me. I, I, I don't, I don't get it. Can you please explain to me the outsider, what their game plan is? Cause I mean, I, I, I think they have to hit perfectly on this first round pick on a wide receiver, but I mean, Jamar chase doesn't grow on a tree. You can't count on a rookie wide receiver to take you to a Super Bowl year one. So what in the world is going on? 
I would be pretty surprised if they didn't add a veteran at some point in this offseason. And I know guys like Robert Woods, who he has the same agency as Aaron Rodgers, um, might become available, not not just in the trade market, but as a release and then signed for cheaper, you know, down the line, kind of like what we saw with, you know, the Jarvis Landry, which is now going to be a sweepstakes that opens up. And I think he's going to be a lot more interested in playing time than in Green Bay potentially, you know, moving forward um, after this move, honestly. So I think they're going to add a veteran at some point. The the truth is this kind of is a rebuilding year for the Packers. Um, Whether Rodgers likes it or not, I mean, he signed a three-year commitment with the team. They're going to have a lot. They're going to have like 60 million more in cap space uh, next season than they do right now. Um, This move does clear a ton of cap space that they like desperately needed. I mean, they had to convert uh, Adrian Amos's salary into a bonus to sign a punter. Like that's where they were cap space wise before this Devonte Adams move. Um, the other the other move that they could be waiting on too is an extension of Jair Alexander, which probably would save them about ten million dollars in cap space, get them about to like uh, twenty five million after the rookie draft pool. Um, but you're right. They are 100% going to have to use one of these picks on a wide receiver at the very least. And you would think if you're a team and the Packers go anywhere else other than wide receiver at 22 overall, you're just jumping the Packers at 28 for a receiver, right? Because you know that they have to take a receiver at that pick. So they, they almost have to take one at 22nd overall, you would think. The Packers have been playing chicken with the wide receiver position in the NFL draft for, it feels like 30 or 40 years now. Now, like, so you mentioned this is sort of a rebuild right now for the Packers. Their odds to win Super Bowl 57 on DraftKings Sportsbook are still at plus 850. That is the third favorites in the NFC favorites in the NFC. Absolutely. With, with minus odds to win the NFC uh, or uh, to win the AFC North or NFC North. Goodness gracious. Um, I'm just so flabbergasted here. Third best odds among NFL teams right now to win the Super Bowl. And Aaron Rodgers is probably going to have to catch the ball himself. Um, I mean, even in terms of his MVP odds, odds to win MVP on DraftKings Sportsbook plus 800. They didn't move after this. I, like, I have to imagine that these are two of the worst bets you could make in the history of sports betting, if you are uh, a, you know, a better who likes taking gambles on futures, right? Like, I don't know. Yuck. I still, I still like it. Like we've seen what Rogers has been able to do with the corpse of James Jones, being able to basically like have him lead the NFL in touchdowns and stuff. Like how much do wide receivers matter? Really? Like I understand Devonte Adams is a really important player, but if he was going to hold 20 million, 20 million plus on the cap when the Packers are pushing everyone's salaries forward, I don't know if it was worth it to keep him. And it does seem like at the end of the day, Devontae Adams did choose to go play with the Raiders over the Packers. It's something that I had talked about, maybe not on our Friday shows, but on our Wednesday shows for sure. The the communication between he and general manager Brian Gutekunst per all the reports that are coming out now and per what I had been told after the combine, it it had not been good. And the fact that they no longer had long-term conversations about his contract since 
July up until this offseason was a bad sign. And it seems like that is one reason why, why he is out the door. I know it's being framed as he wants to go play for the team that he rooted for when he was a kid. Get realistic. Get realistic. <laughs> like, I think that is a positive spin that both sides are willing to just let live, basically. But this dude just had back-to-back all-pro seasons with the Packers for an MVP quarterback. And we're pretending that it's a normal thing that like, oh, yeah, he just wants to go play with his, his hometown team. No. Nope. Yeah. I I mean, the whole conversation surrounding Devonte Adams, like I, I was really kind of shocked just from the the standpoint that I thought Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers were going to be together until the very end uh, on, you know, like the Titanic floating door. But it turns out that um, Aaron Rodgers, I guess, is Jack and uh he's not allowed on the door. So he's just going to freeze to death in the water, but at least he's freezing to death with like a lot of millions and millions of dollars. So that, that takes the edge off a little bit. Um, what does this do for the Raiders? Derek Carr. I mean, he's already shown, uh, that he can pass a football. He makes questionable decisions at time, but at times, but I think, uh, through the evolution of, uh, this offense, you know, Rudin and John Gruden, we've seen Derek Carr grow a bit in the last couple of seasons. I'm not the biggest fan, but uh, does this make Derek Carr a viable fantasy quarterback at this point? Because uh, I have to imagine that the presence of Devontae Adams is going to bump that price tag up a bit. Yeah, I think it's going to help him a lot, honestly. Um, just as someone who has watched how defenses defend Devontae Adams the last two seasons, Every coverage rotation is going to him. Um, there's not really true doubles in the NFL, but coverage rotation is going to him. Rarely does Devontae Adams get left one-on-one. Um, Rodgers even makes it a point to like say like he wants to take like one shot at Devontae at some point early on in the game just to l- remind him like, hey, he's here. And even if he is getting coverage rotation to him, like we're still going to feed him the ball type, you know, type of mentality. Um, you would assume that with that and then the, the how the rest of the receiving core looks like, it's going to help Waller and it's going to help Hunter Renfro a lot, I would say. Um, we saw the Raiders down the stretch lose kind of that element of their offense when uh, Henry Ruggs, you know, obviously wasn't on the field. And we saw kind of like what that led to um, in terms of like their on-field demise uh, of, of the Raiders down the stretch too. So, I think, you know, with Carr already having that connection with Devontae, you know, goes all the way back to his college days um, with kind of the other options that they have in Waller and Renfro. I think it's a good move for the Raiders, especially considering what the rest of the division has been doing, right, where everyone's added a pass rusher. Everyone has a, a, a better quarterback than them, even though I would say Carr is probably a borderline top 10 quarterback in the NFL as it stands today. Um, they needed to do something to just stay in the mix because again, they were a playoff team last year and moved on from the coaching staff. So there's real expectations here. And you would think that like, they're not just going to roll over and say, Hey, we're going to rebuild when not only does it not really make sense to rebuild coming off of a playoff season, but 
you can have a full rebuild and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert are still as good as they are. And it, it just doesn't make sense to me to, to rebuild when everyone's quarterbacks are that young, that good. You have to fight back to a certain extent. Yeah. it. I mean, this is just a division that I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be in. I wouldn't want to coach in it. I wouldn't want to play in it. I like, I guess uh, if you're the ultimate competitor, of course you want the challenge, but my God, the AFC West is something to behold. And Devonte Adams just made that like tenfold the case. Um, let's go to our first NFL reacts poll. Cause we had to get, get some questions in about Tom Brady, who did come out of retirement this week. It was that very long retirement. We asked the NFL reacts community. How surprised were you that Tom Brady came out of retirement? 40% said not surprised. 28% said Somewhat surprised. 13% saw it coming. 10% knew it would happen. Where did you fall on this spectrum here? I feel like I'm firmly on saw it coming. Um, I didn't necessarily think that he would come back to play with the Buccaneers, but that retirement kind of not coming on short notice, but coming with little fanfare from his side other than just a, a post and then the post not mentioning anything about the new england patriots it always felt more of a goodbye to tampa rather than like a goodbye to the nfl and then obviously it took what a, a whole week before the rumors <laughs> started flying that he was going to come back so i feel like i was firmly in saw it coming not knew it would happen but i i will say i i'm surprised it's with the Buccaneers, but when Bruce Arians comes out at the combine and they ask him, what would it take to trade uh, Tom Brady? And he says five first round picks. I mean, seemed pretty obvious that they were going to move on from him. Uh, I mean, yeah, they, they have no incentive to, uh, we asked, will Tom Brady reach another Super Bowl? Only 26% of NFL reacts polls said, yes. Does he reach another Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? This man has haunted my entire existence as a football <laughs> fan, including keeping the Green Bay Packers out of a Super Bowl that they probably should have been in. I am not going to count him out from making another Super Bowl. I, I simply will not do it. No, I, I don't think you can do that. And, uh, you know, it, obviously we are still pending some news about the NFC South today, which we're going to get into. Last but not least, we asked the NFL Reacts community, to wrap up our Tom Brady uh, news of the week, should Tom Brady buy back his last touchdown ball, which sold for $519,000 just, uh, what, 12 hours before he announced that he was coming at something around there? Like, ouch, this this poor soul who purchased his last touchdown ball from five for $519,000. He's got the money to do it. Should he buy the ball back? <sighs> probably yeah i i do kind of want like who bought that thing you know we're, we're always <laughs> wondering like uh you know the patriots invested in his companies he always kind of took less on the salary cap which we haven't seen any other major quarterback do. i mean rogers just signed you know 62 million dollars per year and no he money. just peed all over the salary cap to own it for the next like three years so right but do we think like the Glazer family, like an associate of the Glazer family could have like bought this and just like, Hey, here's another half million. Like just keep it <laughs> under the table. Cause it's like one of those things like art, right? Like 
buying sports memorabilia is like buying art where it's like, what is this worth? Well, we could just put in, put a, uh, we could decide. We could decide. Yeah. We get to set the market for the touchdown ball, but I mean, I, it's definitely going to be something to watch. Uh, we saw Jalen Ramsey say like, thank God the last touchdown was not thrown against me anymore. I would love, love, love to see Tom Brady throw one more touchdown against Jalen Ramsey and just walk off the field a la Antonio Brown. That's my goal to see this year, uh, just to see him uh, throw his last touchdown on Jalen Ramsey, not once, but twice, but oof. Speaking of the NFC South though, we are kind of waiting for some news that we might potentially get some Deshaun Watson action. We've heard over and over again, Deshaun Watson's making his decision. He's taking his time. He's exploring his options. Uh, It sounds like the Falcons are pretty much the favorite right now. The Panthers were informed they're not in the race for Deshaun Watson anymore, but the Falcons seem like they're going to be the spot. What are your thoughts? I am really surprised Atlanta was able to kind of put together a trade package, whatever it may be, to land him. Um, not in terms of the assets. I understand quarterbacks are going to go for whatever quarterbacks are going to go for. But a pre-June 1st trade of Matt Ryan is going to cost them million in dead cap, which will easily set the NFL record. Plus the fact that not only are they going to have to have that in the dead cap, like it's not like Deshaun Watson isn't already getting paid, you know, as a quarterback. So there's going to be a a cap hit. You're going to have to take on in terms of that too. From a rebuilding standpoint, I kind of think Atlanta should have done it last season. Right. Um, you look at what they did last offseason. I think they thought going into the year, we're going to have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts, you know, as, as pass catchers. That obviously didn't pan out in the way that they thought it was going to pan out. Um, I don't know why they think they need to make this move. I mean, obviously, Matt Ryan is getting up there in age. He's 37 years old. But, like, the way that the NFL works right now, like, he might still have – you know, eight years of wear on those tires, you know, moving forward. Um, they did push back the uh, option that, that they were they that they give uh, Matt Ryan for a couple of days. So it does seem like they're serious. Um, that How are they allowed was, to do that, by the way? They're like- I think they just negotiated with the player and they say, you know, Hey, this probably works in both of our favors right now. Right. Cause if, if this does happen, they're probably going to put it on Ryan to, to find, a suitor in the trade market so that he can kind of pick his landing spot. I don't think they would like say, Hey, we're going to trade you to the Detroit lions without, you know, any, any input from you. <laughs> so I, I get doing him right. But the fact that they pushed back that bonus was the first time I was like, okay, Atlanta is like serious, serious about this. Cause I understand like the whole come home pitch, like homecoming thing. Like I understand how that could be, a swing for a player, but like it just seems so unrealistic to me that they would eat all that dead cap for Deshaun for, to, to trade for Deshaun Watson's contract that I never really considered it until like I considered it as a serious option until then. And this, this would be a play for 2023 and moving forward. I don't think this makes the Atlanta Falcons a contender 
it, you know, this year with the way that their roster is constructed with the fact that they're going to have to eat that dead cap. Um, they have, I think it's top five uh, salary cap, including the last year of Matt Ryan's deal, which will obviously be gone, you know, if he's traded in 2023 and they'll have the most salary cap available in 2024 of any NFL team. So I think the rebuild starts next year, which is weird for the Arthur Smith situation. Cause there'll be a third year head coach going into the first year of like a clean slate rebuild, essentially. Um, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, it, again, it puts them in a very interesting position. I think kind of similar to the position that I see the Packers in, which is kind of question mark, question mark. I, I guess I'm not sure what, obviously your goal is always to build long-term, but the acquisition of Deshaun Watson is a win now move for me. And it's kind of confusing to me how this move makes sense, considering the dead cap, considering the weapons you have in that offense. I mean, Olamide Zacchaeus is the uh, number one wide receiver. He Frank sure Darby. Is, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Calvin Ridley suspended for at least this season. Uh, Kyle Pitts is effectively your, your wide receiver one. And it's not even like they have the running back position secured. They've got Mike Davis, like, and their offensive what? line isn't set up either. I mean, they've spent a, they are using hundred dollar bills to heat the furnace on that offensive line. They spent a lot on it to have it not be above average. And the whole thing is like, you're going to have to give up, like, this is a rebuild to me. You're obviously going to have to give up significant draft capital to get Deshaun Watson, uh, which that's a shot in the foot of your rebuild. Um, you're going to be eating all of that dead cap with Matt Ryan. That's a shot in the foot to your rebuild. In what world is this a good move for your rebuild? I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. Cause uh, again, Deshaun Watson feels like a win now move, not a, a, a move that you make when you're trying to rebuild your franchise literally from the ground up. It's weird that them and the saints were the last two teams, you know, in this running. Cause I think the saints still are trying to get over some of these cap issues that they've had and built up since, you know, the, the end of the Drew Brees era and stuff. I don't know why the Browns were, were out of this so fast. Like the Browns were the first team kicked out of this race. And then the Panthers, which, the Panthers, oh my goodness. Like, what are you going to do at quarterback now? Like, Matt Rule on a hot seat with Sam Darnold, them saying, like, hey, you know, this this wasn't our guy, and then having no other option but Sam Darnold and potentially a, a, a rookie quarterback, that's not a great situation to be in. Especially, again, we've talked about this before, but, like, Malik Willis is the quarterback that has the highest upside in this draft class, but I think he really needs – a good home. He needs a place where he can develop. He needs a place where he's not going to be asked to produce immediately. If they take Malik, it's going to be a mess for that guy because he's going to go through two head coaches in two years because I have no faith that rookie Malik Willis and hot seat Matt Rule isn't something made for absolute disaster. Yeah, it doesn't like it, it just doesn't feel like there's any good, good options there. Uh, you mentioned the Cleveland Browns, uh, which weird situation there's just so many weird nfl franchises right now the the browns they were in on deshaun watson for just a second just a second but then deshaun watson politely said no thank you uh or something to that effect but 
you know, we saw them come out and sort of make this statement that they wanted in on Deshaun Watson. And then once Deshaun Watson said, no, thank you, they had to backtrack a bit. Uh, we heard reports that they wanted a quote unquote adult in their locker room, uh, which. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Like that, that's, that's some silliness. Uh, that's, I, I, that's a little, a little far gone for me, but you can't make a comment like that, not dispute it whatsoever. And then backtrack it to the point where you think your relationship with that quarterback is reparable. Cause it's not uh, Baker already said he wants a trade. Uh, there's, there's no point in trying to repair this relationship. Uh, and I think he's totally rightful in his mindset there. And Cleveland said they're unwilling to accommodate his trade. So where does this leave the Cleveland Browns and why are they still the worst franchise ever? Like, God, I Cleveland, get it together. Cause you, you're so close. You were sniffing, you were sniffing an a, a trip to the AFC championship. And I think you probably would have got there uh, with a healthy Baker Mayfield and they can't help, but shoot themselves in the foot over and over and over. It really does seem like Baker lost fans in that locker room when he was playing injured and, and not conceding playing time to Case Keenum. Um, Cleveland's reaction to that, probably not the best, right? I feel like we could say that pretty clearly, where it's like antagonizing him essentially to the point where he's now, is he going to hold out? Is he going to do it? Because like, what other options does Cleveland have? Like, it's not like there's quarterbacks out there in the market unless they're able to land. Let, let's say Watson does sign with, or yeah, Watson does get traded to the Atlanta Falcons. Now Matt Ryan is available. It feels like Cleveland has to go after Matt Ryan at that point, right? Like he's had experience in the Shanahan system, which is very similar to like what Stefanski runs. Um, there's not another quarterback out there, but you would think that a team like the Indianapolis Colts has to be looking at him too, right? I mean, there's still quarterback desperation out there on the market, not even including the fact that we mentioned already, the Carolina Panthers are like, we need to save our jobs. And that does not happen without a quarterback. And the Seattle Seahawks have Drew Locke, who lost his job to Teddy Bridgewater as a response to trading Russell Wilson. So there's real quarterback desperation out there. And I think there's maybe one quarterback left. It doesn't seem like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get traded. Um, you know, the, the 49ers have cleared cap space and haven't done anything with it. So you would think that that's the, just them saying, well, I guess we're going to have to, you know, keep his contract for another year and see maybe if he's healthy, if there's an injury in camp or something, we can finally get, you know, what we're asking for from him. So. I mean, Baker Mayfield for me, uh, you know, obviously outside of the Deshaun Watson move, Baker Mayfield's the best quarterback still potentially in the market. But if the, if the Browns are truly unwilling to trade him, I do have to imagine that Baker would hold out. He's uh, I mean, like, like the Browns said, he's a child, which I disagree with, but um, I mean, Baker's like a tough dude. He's willing to stick up for himself. He's never been one to just concede. Uh, if you're, if you think he is, you're not paying very Definitely much hard headed, right? Like, yes. You're not gonna, you're not gonna convince me that Baker Mayfield is going to be like, Oh, you're right. Sorry guys. Like that's not who Baker Mayfield is. And if you think it is, you have, you don't know Baker Mayfield. 
Um, Baker Mayfield is, is going to be one of the most interesting, but I would not be surprised to see him hold out. Uh, and if the Browns truly are unwilling to trade him, like it, it would probably take me a really nice contract extension to want to walk back on the field with them. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a disgusting, terrible situation. Uh, gross grossness all around. I will <sighs> say it, it is funny. My blood pressure is high. Baker put out that statement, the double screenshots, uh, notes app. And he, he said, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be cryptic here. It was kind of cryptic the entire time. And then was like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then the very next day he's like, trade me. <laughs> it's like, yep. you, you knew, you knew what the situation was, uh, coming into this. So I don't know. I get that. That's, I love a messy off season. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. There's not that much to talk about in the draft because it seems pretty chalk at the top. There's not very many quarterbacks. So I'm happy that I guess the off-season quarterback market has kind of stepped up in the absence. Um, You as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, right? You signed Mitch Trubisky. I think everyone kind of agrees, like considering the market cool, like a fine, a fine move. Yeah. The only regret I would have potentially as if I were in the Pittsburgh Steelers front office is if Matt Ryan became available, then I would be like, dang, we probably called our shot too early on the Trubisky race. Do you feel the same way? Uh, yeah, I, I do. As a, as a Steelers fan, I think, um, you know, Matt Ryan um, definitely just immediately puts you back into the conversation. Like uh, Matt Ryan would be just such a huge upgrade to what we've seen from Ben Roethlisberger, you know, over the past two years. Uh, I I think I would be full of regret, but again, we're not like, we're not done with Mitch Trubisky. Obviously he wants a shot at a starting position. I think uh, he wanted to sign with Pittsburgh, but if Pittsburgh was really serious about Matt Ryan, they could still throw themselves into that conversation. Um, but I, I would think they would do Mitch Trubisky the the justice of perhaps releasing him so he could find a, a team where he could actually start. Um, but I mean, Mitch Trubisky, I think what a fine wild card to have in your back pocket, like a top end draft capital, like we all think he was drafted too highly, but I mean, I, I would say this is the best coaching staff he's ever worked with. This is the best offense he's ever worked with in terms of their weapons. They're uh, slowly making moves to upgrade their offensive line. 
I think this is great for Mitch Trubisky. And I think Mitch Trubisky's mobility gives them so many more opportunities uh, and so many just uh, opportunities to, to diversify their play calls. Because, uh, you know, when Ben Roethlisberger is a statue in the pocket and he can't move or escape pressure, um, that limits your playbook, especially for what players like, uh, you know, a Chase Claypool can do, who's fast and big and uh, could do a lot of damage, I think, downfield. You know, there's just there's so much that Ben limited them to. And I do think that Mitch Trubisky, even though he's not the passer that Matt Ryan is, he opens up that playbook a lot. I'm excited. I'm I'm. I am. I'm excited and I'm not ashamed. I just can't hide it. Make sure you run him. Make sure you run him. Again, the bears were always best when Trubisky was doing like weird quarterback pin and pull, basically running like wildcat stuff. And you had to defend him that way. Just Matt Canada. Don't make him a pocket quarterback, please, 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 please. Um, Allen Robinson signed a three-year deal worth $46.4 million dollars. They're reportedly this was inter- totally surprised. I was shocked. I, I didn't expect this at all because I think everyone just put, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. signed to Los Angeles Rams as like a placeholder, right? Moving forward. And now it sounds like Robert Woods, Robert Woods is potentially on the trade market. Um, they're in a position right now where cutting him would save $3.6 million, but probably more importantly, he's making a base salary of 10 million, which is, you know, money that they would save plus a 3.5 million dollar uh roster bonus that is due on the 20th so this move is going to have to kind of be decided soon um maybe someone trades for robert woods but then you would be you'd be trading for basically 10 to 15 million dollar uh player or team options essentially on on uh you know in terms of what you're trading for for a 30 year old coming off of injury so i think there's a higher likelihood of Robert Woods just straight up being released and then kind of going the Jarvis Landry route where he's taking, you know, visits with other teams and stuff like that through free agency than him actually being traded for. Cause I don't, I can't imagine you trade for an injured player of this age of the salary that he's going to command, especially when he's going to get a bonus on the 20th, when he probably still needs to pass a physical. I mean, we've seen situations you know, recently, what is it Larry Ogunjobi who who signed with the Chicago Bears earlier and he failed the physical, so they're no longer signing him. We've seen guys like Zadarius Smith and Randy Gregory back out of deals recently. It, it just seems like this is one where the Rams probably got to take it on the chin, just release him, eat the dead cap, and then Robert Woods spends the next, you know, week or two trying to figure out where his best landing spot is. Yeah. And I think there are still plenty of situations for Robert Woods, uh, plenty of teams that are still sort of Green seeking their welcome, wide receiver one. Welcome him with open arms, I would think. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that would be a, a really decent move. We saw, um, you know, like a, a team like the Tennessee Titans, who already has a guy like AJ Brown release Julio Jones. I think that could be a really interesting fit because uh, he's not necessarily even if he's not 100 percent healthy just yet. He won't be asked to be the true wide receiver one on this offense. I'd love to see that fit. Um, but I mean, the Packers, if he does hit the free agent market, have got to be in that conversation. Um, just they need they need warm bodies at this point. Let's like start to wind down this discussion. The the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're trying to build up for their young quarterback. 
what, what do any of these moves, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, what do any of these moves do for the Jacksonville Jaguars? I don't think it does much, honestly. <laughs> I, I, I really don't. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people say like Christian Kirk's deal isn't that bad. The cap is going up, all that stuff. The highest uh, up until that Devontae move, right, where he was traded and then signed to a new contract, the highest like actual like long-term deal for a wide receiver was Julio Jones, who was just released. So it dropped back down. Like the, if Kirk, Christian Kirk very realistically could hit that 21 million per year mark and be the second highest paid wide receiver in the sport. There's absolutely no reason for that. This guy's never cracked a thousand yards. I know a lot of people are saying like, well, he had to play with Nuke. Well, he only played with Nuke for half the season, which is why he had a career year in 2021. So well, I, even, even to that point, like Christian Kirk, uh, you know, when you're, when you're looking at what he's done versus where he's going to land in terms of like the, the salary for the wide receiver position at that point, uh, you know, give me Amari Cooper. Cause we were all just saying Amari Cooper was difference. making too much money. Yes. You, if, if you would have asked me because what Christian Kirk, the actual deal in terms of the base, actually it was like $17 million. Right. So if you're asking me, would you rather pay Christian Kirk the same amount of money as Amari Cooper, you know, plus $3 million in cap space or have, you know, the fourth and sixth round picks that, that were traded for him. I'm taking the Amari side of that every single time. Like they, they should have, I, I know they, they should have been involved in the Amari trade. I think probably a little bit more. And then I would have asked Devonte Adams about really what he thought about playing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cause it's not like they didn't have money. I mean, they paid uh, a off ball linebacker, $15 million a year on top of this Christian Kirk situation. They paid They're spending money. Of, like they have it. Like they, yeah, they paid no full problem. of Fadakasi $10 million. Like it's not like they didn't have money. So I know they're probably in a tougher situation um, in terms of their draft picks, surprisingly, because their first round pick is the first overall pick, not the 22nd overall pick like the Raiders had. But I, I think there probably could have been an opportunity to land Devontae Adams, to land Amari Cooper. And I think either of those would have been better moves than having Christian Kirk at his money. I will say the Christian Kirk thing, he's on Twitter already, like, you know, always doubted and stuff like that. It's like, come, <laughs> come on, man. You just did highway robbery. We're going to pretend we didn't see it. Like we're not going to pretend like you don't have like the best agent and the freaking universe right now. Like your agent deserves probably a bigger cut than you're giving him, sir. Yeah. And then they signed Zay Jones, who's, you know, guaranteed a roster spot in 2023, essentially on that contract. And the, the Raiders were so desperate at wide receiver that they traded a first and second round pick to completely reset the wide receiver market with Devontae Adams. So it's not like Zay Jones was a hot commodity coming into free agency. I, I Jay, Zay Jones has never exceeded 652 receiving yards. Like I really don't get what the Jaguars are doing. Like it's Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. And I don't know if they're any better. But you could have leveraged the situation. You know, you've got a new coach. You've got, uh, you know, a young quarterback who was poised as one of the most pro-ready quarterbacks of all time. Like you could have leveraged that into uh, signing a true wide receiver one, and they didn't. And I don't know what this means for 
Trevor Lawrence, I really hope, really hope that he's not going to uh, like, we're not going to see his development as a quarterback stunted because of the fact that he just hasn't been surrounded by the right weapons. Obviously a good quarterback should be able to uplift those weapons around him. But I, I mean, after his first season, I'm, I'm thinking he needs a little help too. And I, I just don't know where it's going to come from. Anything else we need to talk about in free agency before we head out? I imagine as soon as we stop recording, we're going to get like the second biggest signing or we're, we're going to get some exciting news, but uh, is there anything else we need to touch on? No, I guess just assume there's going to be an emergency podcast happening at, you know, either today or this weekend over the Sean Watson news and, and what happens to any of these teams moving forward. Cause the tackle market is still bogged up right now because Teron Armstead is deciding whether to return to the New Orleans Saints or not. And he's the very tippy top of the of the tackle market available. So we haven't seen a lot of guys sign. So there's going to be a lot of dominoes on the offensive line side and free agency. We'll see what Deshaun Watson can do in terms of recruiting players to wherever his landing spot is moving forward. Um, I think there will be a large fallout from, from that move. So keep it tuned to the feed. For sure. Everybody, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Don't forget the SB Nation NFL show is Sunday through Friday this year. We are providing around the clock content all off season long. And don't forget to check us out uh, and check out the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official betting partner of the NFL. Use promo code SBNNFL when you sign up for a special offer. Uh, We will see you guys next week and uh, the crew will likely be around for maybe some surprise podcasting. See you then.